Today's podcast is brought to you by a donation from Robert Talbot. Thanks, Robert, for supporting the School Last podcast. If you'd like to know how you can support the podcast, please check out patreon.com forward slash school of laughs. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N forward slash school of laughs or school of laughs.com forward slash Patreon. Thanks, Robert. Welcome to the School of Laughs podcast brought to you by school of laughs.com. Whether you're an aspiring comedian, a part-time pro, or a speaker who wants to become funnier, this is the podcast for you. We'll break down tools, tips, and techniques to help you get bigger, better, and more bookable. And now, here's the show. Welcome to the School Last Podcast. So good to be here. Uh, I've had an exciting two or three weeks in a row here with lots of action, lots of things going on, lots of shows, conferences, you name it. It's been happening, including this podcast. And I want to thank again Robert Talbot for uh, sponsoring the podcast. And I want to thank all my Patreon sponsors who help this show continue. And it's going to continue for at least two more months if we continue to get some more sponsors on Patreon. So if you've been thinking about it, it is definitely now time to jump on there and find out what it's all about. Uh, real briefly, Patreon sponsors are my first considerations whenever I record a podcast. And depending on which level you support the podcast, whether it's a dollar, three, five, seven, or ten, I always give you some extra bonuses. And this past weekend, I got to do the first of a month, you know, first of a series of monthly Google Hangouts with my Patreon sponsors. And that was a lot of fun. I know the ones that uh, tuned in, I think we had, was it five or six? Uh, we spent an hour kind of just going around the horn, seeing who was up to what, what help they might need, getting tips from each other, and being held accountable to accomplish what we set out to do this month, next month. So next month when I get that call going, uh, we're going to find out how everybody was doing on their different things they needed to do in their comedy careers. So thanks to all of you that joined the Google Hangout. That is a bonus you get when you're at the uh, $7 level is a monthly Google Hangout. And it's kind of like you've got me on retainer in a sense to uh, help you answer your questions. So lots of fun. Thank you guys for doing that. <laughs> that sound means we're going to check the email box. This email comes in to us from Dom Patmore. Dom says, hey, Rick, I know you've covered sort of a code of conduct or policies to ensure you can do your best when you do a gig, but how would that work if you're not being paid? The reason I ask is because I've had a run of gigs which are forcing me to rethink my own policies. One was where I drove two hours only to have it canceled. The other, the promoter didn't show up or notify the night was changed, and it turned out to be an open music mic night instead. Needless to say, it did not go well. What steps can I take to make sure I'm getting the best out of these gigs, even though I may not be getting paid? Dom, it's a great question. I think you treat every show, at least from a professional standpoint, the same way. So let's say this particular first one where you showed up and the gig was canceled, two-hour drive and it was canceled. You know, I always advance my dates even if they're an unpaid gig. So what advancing a date means is after the date is booked, it's on the you know calendar, I call, you know, depending on how far out it is, I call – Two weeks before the event, just to make sure it's still going on. I might check the web the week before to see if they're still running ads or they have their Facebook page still promoting the event. And then I'll call either the day before or the morning of, and I won't leave my driveway unless I've got notification that the gig is still on and everything's on the up and up. Now, of course, with the paid gig, there is a little bit uh, less pressure or less 
potential that the gig's going to be canceled, but it still happens sometimes. So you need to check in whether it's paid or unpaid. And definitely, I think if it's unpaid, I'd probably even pay more attention to it because at least with the paid gig, I've got my deposit. But either way, you're checking that gig two weeks out, the week of, the day before, or the morning of before you leave your driveway. And if anything seems fishy, especially for an unpaid gig, if it seems fishy and not on the up and up and they're not getting back to you, then, you know, after you've exhausted all your resources and tried to check in with the guy or gal who's booking it and they don't return the phone call or the email or the text, I would just assume the gig is off. And I might leave them one last message saying, you know, I've tried to contact you several times to see if the gig is still on. I'm assuming it's not since you haven't got back to me. I'm making other plans for tomorrow night. And that will kind of bring them into action if the gig is still on and shake them out of their non-responsiveness. But either way, you know, when you get to the gig, unpaid or paid, you still want to do your best job and make sure you're as professional as you can. So hope that helps out, Dom. Great question. And, uh, yeah, advancing the dates, very important, whether you're paid or unpaid. Today, we've got a very cool podcast. It's going to be the first of a two-parter. Now, last week, we talked to John Branion, found out about him, his comedy career, and what he does and how he writes. In this episode, uh, I touched base with John again and said, you know what? What we should do here is challenge each other to write some material and then record that material and come back and evaluate it. So I love any episode that focuses on writing. And this episode, we both kind of go over some loose ideas that are kind of hanging out in our notebooks. His ideas were a little bit tighter than mine, but I was kind of sounding out some ideas of things I wanted to try out. And we walked through it, gave each other some ideas of what we would do if we were doing those bits. And then we set a date, which was during that week, so just three days after the podcast recording. And I have that session recorded, so I know how it ended, but to find out how all that ends you'll have to tune in next week where we actually listen to audio of the performance that john and i did so i guess to break it down real simple this is the first of two parts where we brainstorm some ideas next week you'll actually get to hear those ideas in action the audio from those gigs and see how we did so all that doesn't matter until you listen to this first part these are ideas we're pitching that we're challenging each other to do this week. Hey, do you want to throw out a couple of joke ideas and, and walk through them? I know a lot of my listeners love when uh, there's some brainstorming going on during the show, and I've got a, a couple of loose jokes I want to tie into a story, but okay. you know, I'm not going to put you on the spot if you're not up for it. You, you feel up I'm, for I'm it? Already on the spot. Yeah, go ahead. That's cool. Well, cool. Here's an idea. It's just a loose idea. Um, just got back from a family vacation, so I started thinking, you know, I haven't written any jokes about vacationing because i've never been on one before with my family it's terrifying to take two kids on the airplane and fly down to florida i got used all my frequent flyer miles up you know so we got round trip for like 44 bucks so uh, but anyway on that trip i'm thinking i I need to write some stuff so i kind of took it backwards and started with this idea Uh, my wife says hey we need to go to disney world for a family vacation and i'm like honey we can't afford that She's like, sure we can. Let's just have a garage sale. And so we did and sold both cars and we were able to buy a ticket down to Disney. <laughs> it was a long walk to the airport. But uh, we finally got down there and couldn't afford a nice hotel, you know, garage sale money. We got to stay at the Microtel. You ever stayed at a Microtel? <laughs> yeah. I know we're talking about hotels now and airports. <laughs> we're talking about hotels and airports. <laughs> but I try to put it in a different situation. Right. Um, so if you've never stayed in a Microtel, like you've been at a Holiday Inn before, like you know what a holiday in room looks like. Well, mm-hmm. that would be two floors of the micro tell. Okay. <laughs> and it, it turns out it is a small world after they all 
So that's, that's my little nugget that I'm going to want to expand and eventually be about three or four minute chunk. But what like, like the micro don't tell. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So let's brainstorm a little bit. That's a little word play in there. Micro don't tell. Have you been on a, a Disney vacation or family vacation I have, recently? I have not. Yeah. No. So we, we fact, didn't I've never been to Disney world. Never been to Disneyland. Yeah. We actually didn't go there either. We went to sea world and the sea world water park. Yeah. Which was, uh, you know, I guess the only downside of SeaWorld water park thing is, is when somebody vomits in a ride, it's all water. So they have to like clear out the entire rapid river and it's like shuts it all down. It seems like you wouldn't need to do anything. Because? So, well, because there's so much water. I mean, what's what's going to happen? What's It's got, it's all going to be diluted for the most part. <laughs> I wouldn't have... And what are they going to do? What are they going to do when they shut it down? They're going to come in and spray it with what? Water? Yeah, you're right. I used to tell my kids it was oatmeal. <laughs> they're going to drain all the water out of the lazy river and come in and spray it with water. <laughs> right. Something about the lazy river, though. That's I like that uh, angle to write about. Because <laughs> the lazy river we went, we went on was actually like a rapids. Like it was, you just put on a life jacket. And for about a quarter mile, maybe a half mile, you just held on for dear life as thousands of people floated by you, under you, around you. I think it was called Rose Rapids or something. And that was the ride. It was a life jacket, and you just held on. There was no, <laughs> there was no anything besides so survival. So the whole ride was a simulation of a kayaking accident. <laughs> yes, it's exactly what it was. It's like a river runs through it with a bunch of screaming children. This is how you destroy Revenant. it. <laughs> How to destroy the peaceful rivers of Idaho. <laughs> it, was, it was a scene from Revenant. That was the whole ride. And then, you know, around the corner, you see these abandoned life jackets, and you just wonder if the person made it or not. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of like an episode of Lost. Uh, it was weird. Anyway, I'm, maybe I'll write about that a little bit. That's, That's not bad. Yeah, the idea that it's just a whole, just a life jacket. You just put on a life jacket, and that's all. That's all the whole ride. The whole ride just consists of a life jacket. That's really all it is. And it's, it continues to go in a circle. So you could stay in there all day. There's like three or four different exit points, but there's no end. Right. So it's very disorienting. You know, you keep track by how many times you pass the Kona Ice Station on the right. Like, okay, we've been around another time. Uh, so anyway, those are a few ideas that I'm working on. What, what hits you on any of those? Anything jump out? I like the micro don't tell. Well, like I said, the, the idea that, the idea that when somebody throws up at the water park and they have to clean it up, that they drain all of that water, they drain millions of gallons away so they can bring a garden hose in and spray it down and spray water on it. Uh, there's a, there has to be something there. I uh, think that's, um, that's more disturbing. I mean, that happens every day. Well, and the only reason that they have to do that is because you can see it if somebody pukes. You know that people are doing things in there that you can't see. True, true. Oh. Yeah, there's a lot That's of ur- a- urination going on in there. There, sure. there has to be. Are you kidding me? So it's almost no. like you're simulating being a scrubbing bubble swirling around the toilet bowl. That's that's what you are. You are one big scrubbing bubble. You're a one family big, of scrubbing you're, you're, bubbles. A kayak, yeah, a kayak accident for disinfectant. You only have to be faster than whatever's floating in the water behind you. Right. <laughs> Whether that be a person right. or vomit or whatever. <laughs> and then they actually had to close it down for a while for, for the potential of rain. Like 
there's a storm in the area. There you go. Same thing. And it was, you know, due to lightning, which I didn't know lightning can strike 60 miles away. So there was a storm that was 60 miles away. We couldn't see anything. It was clear skies, and they had to shut the ride down. But maybe just take out the lightning factor and say they had to shut it down due to rain. So basically, it was something that can make this ride faster and better. We're going to shut it down and not let that happen. Right. Right. Well, they shouldn't. They always say we're shutting it down because of rain, or they should just call it. It's lightning. That's really why they're shutting it down. Well, really, I think they just want some people to go spend some money at the Kona Ice and the burger stand. Like that's it's the only reason f- they close down anything is to go make the lines happen somewhere right. else. They're tired of people floating past the Kona Ice, and they want them to actually get up and right and spend some of that money. Cool. I'm gonna let that set simmer for a little bit. What What are you working on these days? Uh, well, like I said, I have uh, I've been trying to write when I'm not inspired, and I've been trying to write about stuff that I don't care about just to sort of test uh, to see what I'm made of um, because it, I don't want to have to rely on inspiration. I don't want to have to, I, I carry a notebook all the time. You have to. And when I see something funny or something occurs to me, of course I write it down, but I don't want to have to wait for inspiration. Um, and so this exercise has been, uh, I was going to try and write some political humor because I really don't care about political humor. I don't care that much about politics and political humor is not evergreen. You know, six months from now, nobody's going to care about it. Right. So here's what I have. Um, and if you, this is all brand new, never been, never been articulated before. All right. All right. So my policy is that I don't do political humor because I don't think it's interesting. So I'm not going to make fun of anyone who's trying to help the country. Um, so here's some jokes about Trump and Hillary. Uh, with these two, uh, people as candidates. Now the country has finally begun to unite. I think um, we can all agree now that the best presidential candidate has already dropped out of the race. <laughs> Trump has reminded us that politics is open to everyone, whether black, white, orange, whatever color he <laughs> happens to be. And Hillary is a role model too. She's a woman who reminds us constantly that she isn't entitled and she has uh, built her career and she has done without She's done without integrity, without morals, without personality. And she's also demonstrating that in America, even if you're a woman who's lacking any leadership skills and is guilty of numerous federal crimes, you can still be president (laughs) of the United States. Uh, Trump is an outsider. That's what everyone loves about him. He's not your typical politician. That's what everybody says. I like Trump because he's not your typical politician. Well, you know what? Neither is an armadillo. And nobody said, hey, you know, that armadillo, he doesn't do what the other politicians do. Yeah, you ask him about foreign policy, he just pees on the floor. He's got my vote. For some reason, Trump relates to regular people, too. He's just your average guy, your average guy with billions of dollars. The thing is that uh, billionaires are automatically assumed to be sophisticated. Have you noticed that? that? Like rich people can get away with what they can say all kinds of stuff because they're rich. And right. everybody assumes, oh, because he's rich. You know, what he's got, what he's saying is important. So Trump's Trump is rich. But you know that if he was barefoot um, in a pair of overalls, sitting on a porch, chewing tobacco, saying the same sort of stuff that he says as a billionaire, no one would listen to he just, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. If I'm president, I'm going to go down there south and I'm going to build me a wall. I'm going to make the Mexicans pay for it. And then I'm going to build a roof over the country, too, so they can't skydive into our yards. 
he says a lot of crazy things. And I don't think that a presidential candidate needs to be politically correct, but I think they should be periodically correct. I like that. Uh, well, that's a, all, what's that? Go ahead. Go a little bit more. I think we got a lot to work with. Yeah. We, well, this is all, this is just random stuff that I've generated. You know, I haven't worked it on. I worked on it. Uh, I've already gotten smarter uh, because of Trump's candidacy. I have to admit that um, because Donald is constantly in the news and it's caused me to have to look up words like bloviate and supercilious and imperious in order to know what's going on. The Bible talks about at the end of times, Trump will sound. And I think we all know which Trump that's going to be because it's going to take the apocalypse to stop his blather. Uh, critics are worried that Donald's hand is going to be on the button. That's what everybody's worried about. You got a guy like Donald Trump. I don't want his hand on the button. I'm not worried about that because his hands are so small. He's not going to be able to push it. And you know, that's going to be the joke, Rick. In four years, if he gets elected in four years, somebody's going to introduce him and say, ladies and gentlemen, how about a big hand for the president? (laughs) I like it. Uh, that's it. I got some other stuff, but that's oh, that's that's a lot of good me. stuff. I mean, I think for not having it on stage yet, there's a lot of stage ready lines in there. Uh, man, the, uh, I like your opening. The best political candidate has dropped out. Uh, black, white, and orange. That's hilarious. I think uh, the way you describe it's, it's always fun telling material to uh, other comics, isn't it? Yeah, the reaction is always. Uh, you get a head nod, maybe at best. Um, yeah, I know it's going to come off. Maybe like that's a, funny. Yeah, that's funny on the on the podcast. Like if they uh, don't hear me saying anything, it's, <laughs> it's, I am nodding my head because I don't want to interrupt your flow. But yeah, there's a lot of solid lines. I was thinking you could, when you talk about Hillary having all that criminal background and and all that stuff mm-hmm. done without integrity, that she's now like paved the way for other female presidential candidates. And maybe list two or three other female well-known people that fall into those criminal yeah, descriptions. Well-known criminals. Yeah. It's too bad Lizzie Borden is dead because she'd yeah. have a shot. Now. We have to go way back on that one. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a lot there that, you know, Trump's not your typical political guy. And, you know, I think even the, even though George Bush, this two was more of a frat boy, you know, he was kind of not your typical political guy, even though he's, he'd been through the, through the uh, right. process. Right. So, you know, uh, go ahead. No, I'm just saying, so, so depending on how you think he did, you know, there's, there's kind of one guy that was jumped in there. You know, Reagan, of course, jumps out as a guy who was, I think closest to Trump in the fact that he was celebrity before politician. Right. So there might be something in there you can kind of pull out the, you know, Trump's no Reagan and then have some comparisons of where he's fallen short, where Reagan was strong and that kind of stuff. I'm curious about that, too, the the idea that somehow it's good that a lack of experience in being an outsider is is good now that, that we don't I'm, uh, that doesn't apply to anybody else. Like you don't want to you don't want a guy who's never been a surgeon before cracking your brain open. Yeah, um, no, I think- he's an outsider. He's a, he's not a he's not inside in the medical field. You know, he's he's a maverick. He's coming at it. He doesn't doesn't know which end of a scalpel to hold. That's what I like about him. You know, that's what I want him open me up for. No, I like that. Like you could take the aspects of Trump that are good, but are not political and then do a comparison like, you know, the surgeon 
you know, he, he performed in the Nutcracker. So, I mean, he could probably work on a brain and crack that skull right. open. But I think you could even take it down much more. So, like, I don't want a guy who's never washed his hands making my sandwich at the subway. Right. He's an outsider. He does things differently. Yeah, I know, yeah. but, it, you know. He's an outsider. He literally lives outside. Right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> we found he's him an, outside. He's an outsider in the back alley, and he comes in, and he makes sandwiches. And that's what I like about him, is he has no clue what he's doing. He's not right. He's not clean in any way. There's some holes um, in his process. And there's yeah. a Swiss cheese, too, but that's on your sandwich as well, so you got to deal Hygiene with it. Hygiene is not high on his list, and that's what I like about him. Right. So the key is that you washed your hands before you picked up his sandwich. Right. I think there's a little bit in there for sure, you know, compared to some other folks. Uh, I like the regular guy with billions of dollars. Cause that's, I mean, that's kind of his appeal. It's like, I think mm-hmm. he is like what every redneck, if they hit the lottery would be. And so they yeah. connect, they connect on that impossible level. And that's why they're pulling for, him. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of like you, I don't care about politics either way, but it seems as an outsider looking in that the people that are pulling for him haven't gone beyond that one little nugget. Like, well, that's kind of what I do if I had a billion dollars. Right. Right. <laughs> well, that's what they like about him. Yeah. And it's, that's such a thin layer of identity to, to latch onto. Right. You know, so <laughs> he's just a regular guy with a billion dollars. Yeah. I mean, and I'm glad you, you pretty much avoided all the hair, you know, any jokes about his hair, which has probably been a million jokes about that, but the right. orange, I think still, you got to go with the orange. Yeah. Well, you got to. Yeah. And I haven't, yeah, I didn't get to any of the hair stuff. Um, the small hands, how about a big hand for the president? <laughs> That's a great line, isn't it? I would. I would say, you know, I'd maybe put yourself in a joke there and say, you know, if I was ever the White House press, uh, whatever they call that position, I would have fun with him every day. Like, aren't you guys glad that you're here today to hear the president yeah. talk? How about a big hand for the president? How about a big hand for the president. Yeah, yeah. Talking about that Can hairy situation, or uh, <laughs> yeah, or just an average size hand for the president. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> doesn't have to be a big hand. Right, just a normal hand. That's funny. Well, man, there's a lot in there. I don't know. Like, I would say try that out Sunday, and uh, then backwards engineer what didn't work. You know, there's a ton. Oh, you'd, you'd have me try it out at a at a showcase on Sunday. You know, if you try out yours, brand new. Hey, this this might actually be great. You try out that chunk of material. I'll try out this water park stuff. I'll bring my little video camera and sound recorder, and we'll see which one sucks the most. And well, we'll, we'll <laughs> revisit it. This I, I'm already seeing this podcast is now a three episode podcast. <laughs> we do the first backstory of John Branion. What we're doing right now is the second, and then the third right. is listening back. And and then we'll d- revisit the regrets yes. in the third episode. Yeah. But I think just to show people that you, you just got to put yourself out there and take some chances. There's going to be good things that happen with both of these bits. I'll do it. Oh, so you're going to record it? Is yeah, I'll bring, I'll bring my little uh, H4N and then my little video camera. That's going to be in the round or something. We'll figure that out later. But Okay. Cool. So why don't we just say that th- this will be our challenge for the week. You've thrown down the gauntlet. We've thrown down the gauntlet, and we'll reconvene to go back over these jokes and what worked, what didn't, why, and what we're going to do moving forward. All right. Is that fair enough? Yeah, I don't care. I'm, I'm, uh, I, what am I going to say? No, now it's too late. This podcast goes out to what millions of people. It goes out to them. I'm not sure how many are downloading it. (laughs) It can go out to the entire world. It goes out to the entire world. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say no, I'm not going to check it out. There's a guy in Antarctica right now wondering, 
what's going to happen with American politics, according to John Brannion. <laughs> well, cool. Um, we will meet up this weekend, run these bits, see how it works, and uh, we'll either at the conference or shortly after reconvene and, and break it down. We'll see. We'll sort through the pieces. So there you go. The gauntlet has been thrown down. John Brannion and I will both perform these bits and record them and play them back on next week's podcast to see how they played out. Hope you tune in for that one. Thank you again for supporting the podcast, all my Patreon buddies out there. And of course, you know, I don't mention it a whole lot, but if you listen to this podcast, I have a whole school of laughs where you can jump in online, check out the blog post, all kinds of great blog posts on there, how to start your own show, uh, how to get a good intro for you, how to overcome stage fright, all those great questions you might have in the back of your head, and also an online writing course to help you take your material further, faster. So check out all that at schooloflast.com. This is Rick Roberts signing off for this week. Tune in next week to find out the results of the New Bit Comedy Challenge. Thanks for listening to the School of Laughs podcast. If you'd like to hear more School of Laughs podcasts, you can find them on iTunes and Stitcher.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. For information on upcoming live and online classes, visit schooloflaps.com. Until next time, stay tuned, stay focused, and stay money.